Why do you have a tie on? You like it? I think it suits me. Get it? You don't have a suit. In due time. Anyway, I'm almost done with our time machine, but I I can't seem to find it. Wait, the airboat is the time machine? Oh, yeah. Check it out. But as you can plainly see, the valve timing time actuator has gone missing? Uh, um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought I had it here. Um, could it, could it be that thing over there? Hey, what's that holding it? My God! Ah, it's... Not this time, Angel. Ah, it's the Whopper Tinker! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again joined by the enigmatic man known as Angel. Before we get into today's episode, Angel, I I wanted to ask you about something that you do that I, I just learned about. And honestly, it's amazing because we have known each other for probably 20 years now, yet I am always learning things about you. For instance... I have known for a while that you enjoy taking care of potted plants. You enjoy your in-house green space, you could say. But there is this thing I did not know about it. Something you do where you pretty much have become known as the Dr. Frankenstein of houseplants. Sort of the self-proclaimed crusade to make the greatest hybrid plant of all time. The one I am most curious about is your work with the cacti as your current plan seems to be removing the needles from the cactus and putting them on other plants. I suppose, if I had one question to ask, why? Why are you doing this? Why does man do anything? You are playing God. (laughs) I am curious about life and everything in it. It's it's a simple philosophical ideal. I mean, who doesn't want to? Play God. It's uh, been uh, a fascination of mine since I was a young, a wee little lad. A young lad with your <laughs> potted plants. Why the why the cactus needles though? Have have any plants taken hold with it, or are you just like treating them like pincushions and just putting them through the, sort of like the leaves and say eh, it works? I used to have, you know, remember, you remember the Stretch Armstrong toys? Mm-hmm. I used to have the the villain. I forget his name. And he had like a vacuum pump on his head. And you would put the vacuum pump thing on it and and put it, essentially take out the air from him. And then when you stretch him, he would stay in th- that length until you okay. press a button that brings the air back in. And he reverts back to the regular size. He accidentally, I was playing with him one time and I accidentally brushed him against a cactus <laughs> needle. And all the stuff inside came out, and I was livid. 
because I lost my favorite toy. Uh-huh. To a cactus. And <laughs> ever since cactus. then, and ever since then, I've been trying to replicate the ta- the cactuses on needles on other plants and trying to then find a way to defeat them. <laughs> so to, like, engineer a way to specifically eradicate cacti. Yes. Oof. Yikes. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> All cacti must be destroyed. <laughs> so is there a a holy grail of hybrids that you have been searching for? Um, pineapple cactus. But then you would have to destroy it, wouldn't you? Did I did I not tell you that pineapple is the worst thing on this planet? It must be eradicated along <laughs> the with pineapple the cactus. Does? No. Yes. Oh no. oh no. So if it was the pineapple cactus, would the needles be on the pineapple fruit too? Yes. Yep. It's <laughs> exactly what, what's going to happen. One final question. Do you have a white whale hybrid? One that has just evaded you for years? Oh yes. I can smell its citric <laughs> acid. In my nostrils to this very day. It's making your eyes water. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the, the lemon tree. Just a lemon? Just a lemon. Just a normal lemon tree. Just a normal lemon. You haven't been able see, to get one. See, the thing is, lemon trees have needles on them. <laughs> so, why can't... I have a cactus needle and a lemon tree needle on the same thing. And it just won't work. <laughs> It'd be like the porcupine of trees. It'd just be too many too many needles. <laughs> Gosh, well, thank you for sharing your enthusiasm for plants and plant hybrids. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we take a, a, a look at some weird things that have emerged in the news. And this first one really caught my eye, Angel, because... It's coming for you, I think. Coming from unexplainedmysteries.com, the article is titled, Has an Amazon River Monster Invaded Florida? It goes on to say, The remains of a giant predatory fish from the Amazon basin were recently found washed up in J.C. Park. Measuring up to 10 feet long and weighing up to 440 pounds, the Arapaima has long remained something of an enigma. Found within the oxygen-depleted backwaters of South America, the monster of the rainforest breathes air through a primitive lung and has managed to evade study thanks to its remote location and the fact that it is quite difficult fish to catch. Authorities in Florida have expressed concern over the possibility that this enormous fish may have become the latest invasive species to have arrived in the Sunshine State after a dead specimen was found washed up at Cape Coral's J.C. Park on the Caloosahatchee River. This particular individual was less than 10 feet in length, but according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, it was undeniably an arapaima. So what do you think, Angel? There is something, another thing to watch out for now in the waters, invasive species. What do you think? It's the natural uh, progression, I think, of things. I think specifically of Florida. At this point, if it's not invasive, I don't think it belongs there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things that have been coming up from South America to to, to Florida. I mean, it's... 
it's inevitable that this fish would show up. I'm surprised we don't have piranhas in our rivers yet. <laughs> I think I've said it before. You have to find the, the predator that goes after this arapaima and put that there too. <laughs> Introduce it, yeah. <laughs> Introduce it to catch it and kill it. It's the only way. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could teach feral pigs, or at least domesticated pigs first, teach them how to kill the fish and then release them into the wild well, what do you, for what more do you, feral pigs. What do you think killed this one? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they need to inspect the body <laughs> of that fish. Form a, is uh, there pig autopsy. saliva on it? <laughs> this is a uh, human hybrid pig saliva. Oh, God. I can't wait for about 10 years from now when the studies come out that say that this fish now does uh, $700 million worth of damage to the <laughs> water ecology of Florida. <laughs> yep. And then they sell fishing licenses specifically for this fish and make money off of it and then it gets so lucrative the problem can't go away <laughs> it gets so lucrative they run low on the fish so they got to import more <laughs> we, we need more invasive fish damn it so good luck florida hopefully there aren't any more amazon monster river fish we'll see what happens i don't have high hopes i mean it's, it's just the way it is yeah the other story that we have also from unexplainedmysteries.com this one a manifestation of my fears snake emerges from toilet bites man on behind <laughs> it says an unfortunate a very unfortunate man in malaysia got a rather rude awakening when he got up to use the bathroom recently the unfortunate incident which happened at a house in the outskirts of iskandar puteri saw a snake measuring a whopping 10 feet in length, emerge from the U-bend of a regular household toilet. After discovering that it had set up its home in the bowl, the house's occupants called up the fire brigade, who arrived with special equipment to help remove the intruder. The python was successfully caught using a snake pole and has since been released from the housing area, said Fire Chief Kari Zainuddin. Snakes usually come out during this hot season to spot for cool and wet spots. If you do happen to live in Malaysia, checking the toilet before sitting down would be advised. And I'm not sure if this was just like a thing so or similar like quicksand when you're a child, like watching TV that yep. you think this is going to be a real problem in my future. <laughs> I have always had it in the back of my mind, like there's going to be snakes in the toilet. <laughs> yep. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I agree. I'm blanking now. There's always a quicksand, something else. And yeah, add snakes. Tar pits. Like I'm going <laughs> to come upon a tar pit and get stuck in it. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever even seen a tar pit. <laughs> I don't think tar pits were ever in my... Uh, Quicksand's always a big one. Yeah. And then there's going to be like a vine that just happens to be placed there. <laughs> yep. But you can't get it. But as for the toilet thing, I also wonder, like, how are the how, the, how are the toilets in Malaysia? Like, how do they work? Because I feel like the way our plumbing's here, I don't see a snake coming through here anytime soon. Although I have heard of snakes in the plumbing in other places in the States. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you never it, know. Is, it is a issue I wish I never have to resolve. <laughs> I guess I'll say that. I'm also reminded of a, a movie. I don't know if it's Ghoulies 1 or 2. But there's a scene where the guy sits on the toilet and there's one of those little critters in there. Comes up the toilet. Does it bite him in the ass? I I don't know what it is because I always see it on TV, so I don't know if it if it gets cut away or if they just never showed it mm. in the actual film. 
but he's screaming. (laughs) Well, with those life-altering stories out of the way, let's change our focus onto the entity for this episode, the Wolpertinger. Angel, what the hell are we doing? (laughs) What is a Wolpertinger? I think at this point, you are just making stuff up now and telling me to research it. (laughs) Whatever it is, I wouldn't want to milk it. God, I'm sure someone's going to try. I feel like I am stuck in some sort of simulation. And the word Wolpertinger is what I need to say so the cable jacked into my damn spinal cord releases and I can rejoin the dystopian robot hellscape. (laughs) Maybe I'm being too rough on this poor little guy. Have you ever heard of this thing before we started our research? Well, before the research, no. I don't speak German. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Well, a lot of reasons. (laughs) But once I started research, I am very familiar with the American version, the Mm -hmm. Jackalope. And by very familiar, I mean I've I've seen it on TV for one specific TV show. I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you're talking about America's funniest people. Yep, that's the one. All I know is that it was always doing pranks on people yeah he was a real jackass uh (laughs) but uh, i know you don't like to talk about this too much you you do like to keep some things close to the chest but with bringing up america's funniest people this i think is the perfect moment to say this you have always had a penchant for goofy voices all of your life i could say at least that i've known you we've even talked uh in the past episodes you had your donald duck audition so i mean you're trying you have two you have two comedians who have been influential in your life first and foremost the man of ten thousand sound effects michael winslow of police academy fame of course and then the second the host of America's Funniest People, Mr. Joey Gladstone himself, Dave Coulier. I know mm-hmm. I know you do a great Scooby and Yogi Bear just like Dave. Why do you think you gravitated so much to these two? <laughs> I just, you know, I'm having a hard time answering this question because all of this is very true. <laughs> I love Michael Winslow and Spaceballs, damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Dave, I mean, I only watched Full House to see if Joey would make more noises. <laughs> and there was an episode on Full House where he talks about how he started making those noises. And he says that he learned all of his stuff from some book. And he, I think he held up the book. And it was like a, blue, a small blue, blue covered book. I think it was like a, a time capsule that they dug up. And he was like, oh, this is the <laughs> book I learned on my sound. And I always thought to myself, what is the name of that book? I want to learn the, the noises. I have more questions now. How do you learn noises from a book? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that when I was a kid. I'm like, I just need the book to learn how to make sounds. But yeah, I think the same thing. I'm like, how the hell did this guy learn anything from a book? I feel like noises. you really need some audio cues to really get the, a good idea of what it sounds like. Like, does the book just say, make a helicopter noise? Put your like, lips <laughs> together and then go, <laughs> Well, you know why Michael Winslow and Dave Coulier are perfect parallel? 
in this episode of the Wolpertinger. What? Winslow knows thousands of sound effects. Coulier mm-hmm. knows the voice of every damn cartoon character under the Hanna-Barbera umbrella. And the Wolpertinger is about 15 different animals smashed into one. Looks like it could be voiced by Dave Coulier and can make every damn sound that Michael Winslow can. This thing, Angel, this thing, Angel, is a goddamn abomination. <laughs> and honestly... I don't know why this thing isn't the mascot of this show. And you know why? Why? This thing is the epitome, the absolute epitome of our favorite word, amalgamation. So to give you all... I thought you were going to say composite. (laughs) I don't think we've ever said composite on this show. (laughs) I think I can say that with good confidence, too. (laughs) To give you all an idea of what this thing looks like, the... 2016 book titled The Encyclopedia of Beasts and Monsters in Myth, Legend, and Folklore by Teresa Bainby describes it as follows. A chimerical creature from Bavarian folklore. The Wolpertinger can have bird feet, boar tusks, a cock's comb in the forehead, deer antlers, hawk wings, rabbit ears, rabbit hindquarters, and a rabbit squirrel or weasel-like body. So I did have to look into it because I did not know what a coxcomb was. And it's basically the fleshy growth crust thing that a, like a rooster has. So what the hell do you make of that appearance, Angel? Hey, it, it definitely sounds like an amalgamation of things. Um, it also contradicts the Mysterious Creatures, A Guide to Cryptozoology book, book that I have, in which... The only entry for this thing is labeled under horned hair. Mm-hmm. And the description is legendary rabbit of West Asia, Europe, and the United States. <laughs> uh, that's all it says? That's <laughs> no it's so, description it's so of what legendary. it looks like. <laughs> it's so damn legendary, we don't even have to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it later says physical description. It says rabbit with antlers or horns. Like, it's very generic. It doesn't... <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't go in depth about uh, that. Sounds different... like at the stroke of midnight, the publisher's like, "Holy shit, where's the Wolpertinger page?" <laughs> <laughs> and they had to like, it's in Asia, it's in Europe, it's in America. Uh, has wings, antlers. <laughs> uh, write it up. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it looks like to me. Honestly, this feels like a melding, a composite of so many <laughs> previous epi- <laughs> episodes. Uh, bird feet. We got Baba Yaga's chicken foot house. Yeah. Boar tusks. I mean, my God, the mega ungulate himself, the hogzilla. Mm-hmm. Deer deer antlers. Fake Wendigo. Fake Wendigo. Uh, we got wings. Piasa. Yep. It's like someone was just, you know what? I love everything and I want it to all exist in one creature. Thus, the Wolpertinger someone- was created. Someone else had their own version of their amalgamation. Mm-hmm. They had their <laughs> own amalgamation corner. Yeah. <laughs> so do you agree with that assessment that it is sort of like this m- <laughs> composite <laughs> of all these other creatures that we've gone through? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And now that I think about it, you know what the ultimate thing that the Wolpertinger could mix with? What's that? Cotton Eye Joe's Razor, the axiom <laughs> that states for everything to have come from somewhere. It must therefore go somewhere. So where did the Wolpertinger come from? The book 
The Impossible Zoo by Leo Rurikby states, The general idea of this entity may go back to at least the 1550s, when Conrad Gester included what you had mentioned before, Angel, the horned hare, also known as the Lepus conutus, in his Historiae Animalium, or History of the Animals. And damn it, Angel, I have... I. <laughs> I am having nightmare flashbacks to the Romans. I feel <laughs> as if I have already lived this moment. So very much like Pliny the Elder's Aklis or the elk that never bent its knees, the horned hair just sort of kept getting written about because Conrad's inclusion gave it legitimacy. And believe it or not, Angel, but Conrad Gessner actually combined data with some of Pliny's so that the damn Romans live on in this episode and really... In all of us, like some sort of ancient Roman ghost in the machine. <laughs> it gets worse. It gets, it gets worse. Possibly the worst nickname I have ever encountered in my life, Gessner was referred to by his contemporaries as the Swiss Pliny Angel. He <laughs> no. is the Swiss, the Swiss Pliny. I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's sort of just like too much mentally for how uh, what happened last season but this made me think if you had to be a version of somebody from the past who would it be who so we have pliny and now gessner's the swiss pliny who would you be who would you want to be definitely not pliny the younger (laughs) the american pliny the younger (laughs) Uh, <laughs> yeah, it would um in fact, I kind of want to get away from the whole Roman Greek thing. <laughs> just, just no, it's de- it's entrenched in the show now. <laughs> Definitely I'd like to be the American um oh, what's his Could, name? Always has to have some like nationality or like <laughs> race attached to it or something. <laughs> yeah. Shaka Kazenzagakona. Also known Who the as, hell is that? Also known as Shaka Zulu. <laughs> you want to be the American Shaka Zulu? Yes. Oh, is there a special reason? Yeah, I want to be feared amongst everyone. <laughs> I thought maybe he was well known for his plant hybrids. <laughs> no, he was no. well known for... <laughs> Too busy uh, killing. <laughs> for shortening the, the throwing spear. To mm-hmm. become more like a thrusting spear. I think if I had to be somebody, I would want to be the taller Danny DeVito. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> it's his twin. They're twins. <laughs> so, Gessner, considered the father of modern-day zoology, included many mythical entities from medieval bestiaries like unicorns and basilisks. So it isn't so odd to see a horned rabbit in there. However, some historians actually argue that the inclusion of these type of creatures was pushed by the publishers to boost book sales. Indeed, I did see some sources that state the horned rabbit was added into versions after Conrad's death. Or another possibility is that Conrad, who was actually very ill at the time, was so ill and dying when he was completing this huge volume of work that he was like, Sure, whatever. Get it in there so I can finish this thing before I die. So who who knows how it actually went down. Or if he actually believed it, too. This leads me to ask you, Angel. Your Masiago children's book about an inflatable alien that we talked about before. If some 
seriously insane, and and I I mean this absolutely crazy for wanting to do this person decided to actually publish those and they said we want to add in something would that compromise your integrity and and would you do it no it would not compromise my integrity and yes yes i would do, you it. do it you're getting published man <laughs> so back to wolpe <clears throat> as i have actually seen it affectionately referred to wolpe in my <clears throat> research the story is a bit all over the place as there is very little what I would consider true documentation about the majority of history surrounding this little dude. I saw repeatedly that the bulk of the lore comes from the early 1800s, but actually saw no evidence, like no actual sources. It was just saying like it came from the 1800s that really <laughs> backed up that claim. But one source I found tells us the history, and it comes from a German brewery, Kaiser, which I absolutely see as the pinnacle of trustworthy information, and I take it as gospel. The site states, in the early 18th century, the Wolpertinger was first sighted in southern Germany in the Black Forest and later in the Bavarian Forest. The exact origin lies in the Bavarian-slash-Swabian region. It then follows up by stating, pretty much, oh wow, that's where our brewery is too. What a coincidence, right Angel? Yep. However, the single favorite thing that I read in the entire research of this creature came from this brewery site, which I actually had to translate from German uh, using Google Translate, and it states in the translation, since it is a very shy and rare animal, artisans have shaped it into shot glasses. So <laughs> thank you, Kaiser and Google Translate, for that perfect storm of a sentence making as much damn sense as the Warper Tinger does. Or am I the wrong one here, Angel? Does the shyness and rarity of the Warper Tinger just scream shot glass to you? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. When I think of shy, I think of shot. <laughs> You're sick of them. I'm going to start taking some shots. <laughs> Maybe it's just so compact and, and, and fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe... Maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, maybe there's like a mistranslation going <laughs> yeah, on there. There's something. No. Or that's the truth. They made <laughs> artisans just said, yeah, shot glass. <laughs> Beyond the shot glass insanity, the supposed birth of this creature spawns from, of all things, Angel, a love affair. Aw, how nice. Do you know what love affair begot this demon spawn, Angel? And I say demon spawn because Lucifer himself had to have been involved with the matchmaking of these two lovebirds. <laughs> I mean, if I had to guess, it'd have to be between an, an, a hare and a roebuck. <laughs> it is. A hare and a roebuck fell in love, Angel. <laughs> Specifically, a male roe deer and a sweet little lady rabbit. Just like in Bambi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, need, I need the... It's like the Snyder cut that came out of Justice League. We need the we need the Wolpertinger cut of Bambi. Uh-huh. I and how should I say this? You are the hybrid specialist here, Angel. So please. Mm-hmm. How how does this work? How how does a deer and a rabbit have a baby? Like you you want the physical, the real de- the gritty, the real nitty-gritty stuff <laughs> on a biological level, not the grisly details of how it occurs but yeah. the overarching i guess well metaphysical question why <laughs> why <laughs> well what most people don't know is that when a hare and a, and a buck get together they act a lot more like fish than they do mammals 
So one releases its eggs and the other one fertilizes them out in the open. (laughs) It's a little known fact, but it it happens occasionally. We're going deer egg hunting, I guess, or (laughs) rabbit egg hunting. I mean, that's why. Why do you think the Easter bunny you chase after its eggs? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He's just laying them out there to be fertilized by the male roebuck. Yup. Damn. We've been conned all this time. <laughs> it makes sense now. It makes too much sense, really. Hmm. I try to be impartial sometimes in my presentation of this, but it, it, it gets worse, Angel. Sometimes these things just sort of trigger something and my, my brain starts to like come out through my nose. <laughs> A German fairy tale site I found stated their young, meaning the deer and the hare, had the head and body of a hare with the antlers of a roebuck. Soon afterwards, the other forest dwellers also mated with one another. So fox and duck, rabbit and duck, or marten and pheasant came together, and their young mated with each other again. It is therefore not surprising that no wolpertinger looks like the other, the, um, the website concluded. And I mean, why are the forest dwellers as it so kindly states, mating with each other. What kind of hell world (laughs) is this forest? I mean, the fox and the duck, Angel. The fox and the duck. One is a mammal and the other is not. Does the fox duck come out of an egg? Or is the fox duck a live birth? I don't know. It's a simple fact of evolution. And what's that fact? (laughs) You know, life finds a way. <laughs> they all had frog frog DNA inserted in them. And it was female frog. Oh, yep. no. It's, it's all the frogs. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this? What occurs where the forest dwellers are just like, time to begin the goddamn apocalypse right here in, Bar- <laughs> in Bavaria and start mating with each other? It's like uh, you know that saying, "Monkey see, monkey do." They saw the hair and the and the buck, and they're like, "Hey, maybe we could do the same." <laughs> Looks fun. They made an abomination. Why can't we? <laughs> exactly. And the the more I think about this angel too, it read, and they're young mated with each other again. So I'm not sure if that implies inbreeding mm-hmm. or just all the young like crossbred oh, again to yeah. make more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I think what we're seeing here, you know how earlier you mentioned that this thing is a amalgamation of of previous creatures we looked at. We have to take into account the melon heads as well. <laughs> they they went on a European vacation, and oh, <laughs> uh, it's the Black Forest. It was it's already something they're drawn to. Mm-hmm. So now that we know a bit of where this son of a fox duck came from, why don't we take a look at where it went, Angel? And really, this thing went directly to the taxidermist so it could get its head cut off and be put on a wall. Where it belongs, I say. We need to (laughs) scour the black forest and ensure that they are all dead because they are abominations and must be cold. Luckily for me, Angel, there are specific ways to catch a wolpertinger. So my crusade against them can succeed if I follow these simple steps. First, 
If you want to catch a Wolpertinger, you have to go into the forest with a candle, a sack, a stick, and a spade when the moon is full. Sound reasonable to you? Yeah. Okay. So far. So candle, sack, stick, and spade. That's all pretty cheap. So depending on where you go, maybe a good $25 investment. Not too bad to be a part of the crusade, right? No, no. not at all. Second, legend has it that the Wolpertinger can only be seen by young, good-looking women. Now, here's where I have questions. Do you have any questions, Angel? Well, yeah. How does, I mean, how was that how even found out? <laughs> So, young, good-looking women can only see it. But what is the measuring stick for young and good-looking? Like, yeah. those are two very subjective terms. <laughs> and it is, is it the Wolpertinger that's rating it? Like, some sort of hellish, hot-or-not website run by Wolpertingers? <laughs> like, this one's an 8.2, so she can see me. This one has skin like drywall, <laughs> so I rate her a 3.7. What is going on, Angel? She can't be seen, and therefore, what I mean, it's a way to lower their self esteem, too, right? Be like, oh, you can't see it. Mm. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, this study that came out a while back, and it was pretty enraging for everyone involved. It said that, um, it found that women that have endometriosis are more likely to be attractive <laughs> whatever that means what <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and it's like but wait what like how does that even like how do you determine that like it does, doesn't make any sense it was yeah it's strange maybe maybe the wolpertingers were behind that one <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're trying to we gotta get into the, the medical that study <laughs> I think that study was definitely somewhere from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Done by W. Oplertinger. <laughs> <laughs> so, Angel, I feel like Carl Winslow in Family Matters when he gets stuck with Urkel in a in a, a tiny a tiny red car, and he has to use his calm down mantra so his heart doesn't explode. Three, two, one. One, two, three. <laughs> what the heck is bothering me? And then I stare at the Wolpertinger because it is so damn annoying. And just the sight of it makes my body hurt. So I have to keep saying that mantra over and over again during this discussion because I may die. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number three. The woman must be in company of a real, proper man. First off. This is just like the attractive woman thing. Like, what's a real, proper man? <laughs> yeah. And, and Wolpertinger, you're not being very inclusive here. You are the spawn of insane foxes and ducks, which can have a love affair. But I'm not liking the road of implication that we're going down here. So, for mm -hmm. instance, what if two... Young, good-looking women were out together. Is the Warpertinger like, no, 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 they can't see me. And then he scampers <laughs> away to go into his den. And I, uh, he's, I see no real proper man escorting this woman. Like, Angel, 
Why? Why? What real proper man is going to take a, a young, attractive woman out into the full moon to help catch some weird abomination? Three. That's the question. Two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? We have number four, Angel. So if you have all this together, young, attractive woman and a real man, you only have to put the sack which is held open by the stick in front of the Wolpertinger's cave. The candle is placed in front of the sack, and it attracts the Wolpertinger. When the curious animal comes out of its cave, all you have to do is you push it into the sack and then close it tightly. Angel. So it's dumb as a box of rocks. (laughs) What the hell did the attractive woman and real man thing have to do with any of this if a stick can just open up a bag? What is going on? Yeah, the, it seems like there's something missing there. <laughs> like, does the Wolpertinger know that the hands of an attractive woman placed that stick there? <laughs> Maybe it has to sense men and f- women, uh, male and female hormones in the air. <laughs> well, why would it, it come out come of its cave? <laughs> because those hormones attract it. And then when it sees the like bag, pheromones? it says, yeah. <laughs> It sees the bag and says, there's the bag. <laughs> Just wanders oh, in. Did you know, Jeff? What's this light at the end of the tunnel? I must go to it. <laughs> I mean, if it's in a cave, how did the attractive woman see it? Do attractive women have eyes that can see through cavernous areas? <laughs> um, Do they? <laughs> I, not that I know of. Three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? So supposedly, Angel, the Wolpertinger has a weakness to the beauty of women, which sure. Okay, why not? But there is another way to catch one if for some reason you forgot your stick and sack. Once the creature reveals itself to the beautiful woman, I can't believe I'm saying this. But the woman should expose her breasts. This will cause the Wolpertinger to instantly fall into a stupor, allowing it to be captured. I mean, Angel. (laughs) It's too much. Explain the breast thing to me. Well, you see, the Wolpertinger... Is a mammal. (laughs) I would assume. (laughs) And, you know, milk is produced by mammals. And the creature is a mixture (laughs) of. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm flailing here. I I don't, I can't, I can't explain it. I, uh, I don't know if I agree with you. But first, let me say this. This feels like it was a story made by a bunch of bros in the 1800s to be like, yo, dude, I'm going to get Olga to expose her breasts. I told her a rabbit and a deer had a child and it lives in the woods. We're going to go out at a full moon and she's going to reveal herself to capture it. I mean, never underestimate the creativity for a man to see a naked woman, right? It's just, I feel like the origin is is muddied here. 
Is it that he came up with the story to get her to flash her chest at him first? So why did the the bag and the stick thing come along? Or was that first and then people realized, <laughs> hey, we can... We can, we can be, expose some we, press. We can exploit some women. We don't need the bag. <laughs> we just need uh, some woods. We just need some trees that are there. <laughs> and and based on my research, I'm finding out that the this uh, Wuppertinger has um, maybe just a taxidermist hoax to to get money from tourists. So which one is it? <laughs> Uh, I guess they're not mutually exclusive. They could be. <laughs> they could sell a it to female. A taxidermist uh, <laughs> plot to exploit women too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, look what I caught, but you can't see it until. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, just don't go running to the forest of Bavaria with several young, attractive women, as there is some danger you could find yourself in while the wolpertinger is considered harmless and won't necessarily attack you it is believed the saliva of this abomination can cause excessive hair growth in any spot it touches i saw one source say though that the hair stays there no matter what for seven years and then disappears when it hits that threshold so i envision this like Tim Allen's Santa Claus movie, where he tries <laughs> to shave his beard and it just comes back. Yep. <sighs> I I have that listed as a benefit, actually. <laughs> you collect the saliva. But what if it gets somewhere you don't want hair? Well, you, you got to be careful. <laughs> you got to wait know. seven years. <laughs> you got to go in there wearing like a hazmat suit or something. <laughs> collect the saliva and then you have a, a hair cure, hair loss cure for at least seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, in seven years, I gotta re up, re up yeah. your uh, subscription. Wolpertinger <laughs> yep. Deluxe. <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, my my body physically hurts from this episode. So, are you ready <laughs> to put this hellish abomination through this meat grinder known as the Rupert Power? Yes. So, what do you have for the powers? Well, I mentioned before the the cure for for. <laughs> For male pattern baldness. Yes, it's it's in there. I listed it as a power, and the ability to make their make tourists uh, drop money Mm -hmm. in favor of buying a souvenir or something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is the best I can come up with for this thing. And one of those powers, (laughs) the taxidermy stuff, requires it to be dead. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, It's it's a one. Angel, I hate it. I I hate this creature. I honestly think the story was to try to get women to expose themselves. And some dudes in the 1800s were just like, this this is going to work. It's going to work. It's a perfect plan. So the powers seem to be to me that, like you said, saliva can make hair. I mean, on an, like another level with like the, the the beautiful women and the hair and stuff, is the purpose of this creature just vanity? Like only hot women can see it. But then, the entire idea is that they are taxidermied bodies to sell, like you said. So, so when the thing gets killed, does that hotness detector go away and now everybody <laughs> can see it? 
Like, is there some sort of internal hotness register? Angel, like a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A visual frequency. <laughs> it's like the uh, the predator. Like it sees in that like infrared. Yeah. <laughs> I I saw one claim hmm, that if you drink the saliva through the leg bone of the creature and then piss upstream, it can cure impotence. But then. <laughs> Does that come back after seven years, just like the hair disappears after seven years? I don't know. There's more questions than there are answers. I gave this a negative one. Oh, my God. Is this our first mm-hmm. negative? I think we've had a negative before. I can't Maybe remember. once in season one. <sighs> Detectability, Angel. What do you have? Oh, my God. Uh detectability jeez <laughs> this um i i'm i'm blanking i completely forgot what we just finished talking about this is your your anger is seeping into <laughs> i can see your brains melting through your nose too <laughs> i wrote unless you're pr- a pretty woman who's willing to flash some chest you ain't catching one <laughs> but seeing them and having stuffed versions of them exist so <laughs> Detecting that, I don't. This is this detecting. I found out about this show, a, a show that a, a reality competition show where it was literally judging people whether they were hot or not. <laughs> and I feel like maybe they, if they had one of these things, they could have had an objective <laughs> measurement. It, it knows inherently <laughs> if you're hot or not. <laughs> I mean, these things, it makes me, like, the, the the whole lore behind it, like, it makes me wonder, like, if these taxidermists are selling these things, does that mean that they were with young, pretty women and were able to catch them through whatever methods they use? Like, what is this trying to say about them? And and these creatures are dumb enough to fall for this every time? Like, I just, I just thought of a lucrative career angel. So, you know, like, how... At Everest, there's the Sherpas that escort you up the mountain. Yeah. Beautiful women in Germany can sell their services as a Wolpertinger finder and can help lead men out in the hunt and just say, we didn't see any this time. (laughs) They were too (laughs) hidden. And then they collect like 75 bucks for an hour and then get the next person to go out. But if they didn't see them, won't the... People be angry and be like, well, then the women must not be attractive enough. No, it's it's on them. They're not a real man. <laughs> yes. I've, I've seen, uh, I remember somebody once tried to pitch me an idea of uh, having attractive women be, having an attractive, I don't even know how to say this. A barbershop where the women that are the people that are cutting your hair are women in that are scantily clad. And this is I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> like a Hooters barber. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. It was just bizarre. Detectability a one. <laughs> this is just a one. <laughs> if no hot women in the world existed, no one could see it. But they need to be with a real man. So if no real <laughs> men exist, the woman will not be able to see it. So regardless of beauty, 
the woman needs a real man. I don't know what my point is, but I hate <laughs> this thing. And all of this subjective attractiveness and like fragile masculinity that's built into the Wolpertinger. I gave it a negative one. My God. How about the lore and mystique of this thing? This may be controversial. But the lore mystique... Uh... I don't like that. I don't like that <laughs> opening. <laughs> it's 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 interesting to me because like I don't even know. I guess it was or taxidermists like brand new in this time because I guess they're like, hey, look, we can combine things and mm-hmm. it looks like a real animal. Because from, from what I understand, that was like when it really picked up was around the yeah. eight, early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, because I feel like they had to combine these things and then say well now we need a backstory for these creatures yeah um a hare and a roebuck you know had children here you go (laughs) buy this souvenir um (laughs) (laughs) expanding the lore on the thing about how to capture one it must have been some drunken frat bros (laughs) (laughs) they were studying their you know going to college to learn their taxidermy profession <laughs> and they're like hey have you heard about this uh this this thing that the taxidermists are into now yeah yeah totally well what if what if we can use it to our advantage what if we can get girls <laughs> um no 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 i gave this a five no <laughs> sorry that's a mistake a 2.5 2.5 that's a mistake <laughs> <laughs> it feels uh, sort of like with what you're saying in my book, that it was created like by some horny teenager in the eighteen in eighteen hundred. The the mixed breeding of the animals, it's fun. I like that. I don't understand it, but I like it. And I'm yep. I'm I'm still running that melon heads high angel because <laughs> I'm still unsure if the forest dwellers like all started to inbreed immediately. If it's just some forest thing <laughs> that requires inbreeding. But I want to believe that they did. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, I expect that all of them have really bad breathing issues, like French bulldogs. Like, these things <laughs> should not exist, no matter how cute they turn out, because they are probably in constant pain <laughs> based on their body. Yeah. So, Lore and Mystique, <clears throat> I gave it a one. It's going up. It's looking good. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about the, the cunning and intelligence? There's not really a lot of mention of what the thing itself does. All I know is that they've been able to get caught to be taxidermed. Um, they apparently go in a stupor after seeing a woman's <laughs> women's breasts i don't i mean i don't even understand why an animal would get affected like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they'll be also led in by a candle and and, <laughs> and a bag like these these things are just stupid you would think that a combination of animals they'd somehow get like smarter or something <laughs> it was the inbreeding <laughs> it, it was must, more it must, more evidence towards the inbreeding yeah yeah it's yeah they're not smart. They're they're a one for me. Candle, a stick, and a sack are needed. And if you recall earlier, it said that you needed a shovel. I don't know what you do with the shovel, Angel. 
never said what you do with the shovel. You just need a shovel. I, do you smack the thing with the shovel when it's in a sack? But then, why a shovel? Anything can smack the thing in the sack. You can use the stick that was holding up the sack open to smash it when it's in the sack. I don't know. I think it just sounds good, you know. You, <laughs> you need, you need, need a, a shovel. shovel. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like you said, the breast thing. Why human breasts? You, you sort of mentioned it earlier before. But some of the things that they're born from don't have nipples. They're not mammals. <laughs> they don't breastfeed. Like, this is some anthropomorphic Freudian bullshit that's going on. <laughs> so, I gave it, in Cunning and Intelligence, a negative one. Oh, my God. In our final category, thank God, pop culture. If we include, like, Jackalope and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's America's Funniest People with that <laughs> That's <weird>. it. <laughs> but surprising, <laughs> surprisingly, the, the, this thing has been featured in a lot of video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if, if you're an RPG and you don't have the Wolpertinger, you're <laughs> RPG shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, measure, a way to measure these kinds of games. Um, and I guess because of the, the fact that th I think this is the first time I've seen so many games that, that <laughs> at least the, the wiki article lists. Look at all these games with this creature in it. It's like, okay, give it a, I give it a two. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> once upon a time, I played a, an unhealthy amount of World of Warcraft, and there was a creature <laughs> that you could get in there that was the Wolpertinger in the rabbit uh, wings and antlers version. As a companion pet, so we just followed it around you as a vanity thing. That was cool. I liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> there are an ungodly amount of Wolpertinger beers. However, <laughs> saying that, though, if the vast majority of people saw the creature on the bottle, I think they would be like, what the hell are these craft brewers doing now with their labels? I don't I don't think like people necessarily know what that Wolpertinger is the thing on the bottle. Or the word Wolpertinger, I don't think, would be necessarily be relevant to a lot of people, regardless of the, the insane amount of beers that it is placed upon. So I settled on a impact on pop culture of one. My God. <sighs> so putting the Wolpertinger through the rubric of power. <laughs> Angel. It equals to a 3.25. A 3.25 for this little monstrosity. This is our lowest scoring thing yet. It's beat out in terms of low score. The Bassano vase, which is <laughs> currently at the bottom. The Vulpertinger has taken that spot. <laughs> My cumulative score was negative one. <laughs> Congratulations, Bassano Vase. You're not the worst thing ever. <laughs> but you also may be the father of one of the Wolpertingers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, we, we need to dig deep for this amalgamation corner. Because we have the horrible, horrible Wolpertinger. Uh, what pops into your mind, Angel, of something that we could... Smash even more into this little thing to make it better. Here's my first thought, and I think 
I think you might like this, is the squonk. <laughs> no. He's going to be sad and... But. Yeah. It'll cry itself to death. <laughs> so this time when he sees uh, breasts, he'll, he'll just cry and die. <laughs> yep. It's his self-defense, exactly. so it can no longer be taxidermy, too, because <laughs> he yep. melts away. And, and thereby increasing its detectability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or decreasing. <laughs> I... In in the in the spirit of Pliny the Elder and his Atlas, which was uh, a part of the Who gag episode, the elk creature that couldn't bend his legs, I would like to see the Wolpertinger mixed with the Who gag, so that it gives us the version that this world needs, not the rabbit version with the wings and the antlers, but a deer-sized creature with wings and a rabbit head. I think that's the logical <laughs> evolution <laughs> of this creature. Uh, and then, of course, it can't bend its knees. But it has wings, so it doesn't need to bend its knees. <laughs> it's, uh, they equal out in horribleness, I think, at that spot. And... Now I've rid myself of having to use the hoot gag in the future, so it's a plus all around. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't the hoot gag like also die in a strange way? I don't remember. Yeah, anymore. if it if it falls over, um, it uh, evaporates. <laughs> but then there was the the guy, yeah, uh, the Minnesota guy that bonked it on the head and killed the last one. So this is a way to bring the hoot gag <laughs> back right. as well. Now in as, as a an hybrid <laughs> um, And then I was also thinking if in my version, since it has the rabbit face, it, it loses its droopy lower jaw so it can finally graze again too, which could hopefully uh, <laughs> it'll, allow it'll it to feed eat some more. <laughs> oh my God. We've saved the hoogag. <laughs> We're bringing it back one, from extinction. One for the good guys. <laughs> and then and then uh Pliny the Elder uh continues to live on. <laughs> I retract my <laughs> use of the who gag <laughs> just for that reason. Uh, <sighs> we'll be changing history soon enough. <laughs> only thing i'd like to add is this little interesting article about the Wuppertinger, where it talks about some language uh, learning language it has a nice uh, little ending paragraph it talks about the part of the Wuppertinger that is real if you hadn't guessed it the Wuppertinger and all its counterparts such as the jackalope and the squatter are all fictional creatures however one part of all of these inventions is very real in a sense, they prove that language is very much alive and always changing. The jackalope, for example, is a portmanteau of jackrabbit and antelope. In the case of the Wuppertinger, the exact origins of the name are not clear. Bernd Ergert, the director of the German Museum for Hunting and Fishing in Munich, traces the origins back to glassmakers from the town of Wulterdingen. They manufactured shot glasses 
<laughs> that comes back. Shoot, this, the this shot glasses. <laughs> the manufactured shot glasses in the shape of animals called Vultadinger. Uh, time and fluid language could have changed that name to Wolpertinger. Another origin story is the word Valper, dialect of the Valpurgisnacht, the night before the 1st of May. So, there you have it. Oh, that's... Even if the Wolpertinger is, is garbage, the language is very much real and alive and always changing. <laughs> that opens up a whole other door into the whole artisans and the, <laughs> the shot glass stuff <laughs> we need. You know? We need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Wuppertinger. If you want to discuss the Wuppertinger with us, maybe, you know, you Germans out there hate the way we pronounced it. You can always tweet at us at Cracking Curios. And uh, make sure you add the hashtag Cracked Cryptids. And maybe include at Dan Aykroyd in there. He might know a thing or two. Dan Aykroyd, we're coming for you and your uh, skull vodka, glass skull, whatever it's called. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> we're also on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. Um, follow us there to get uh, sporadic updates. And we also have an email address at old, old school way of sending us messages. Cracking Cryptids and Curios at gmail.com. Make sure to listen to us. Uh, subscribe to any of your favorite um, podcast listening platforms. We're on Amazon, Spotify, Google, Apple, iTunes. Um, check us out on our official page on Podbean. As always, because it's becoming a thing now. Toodles. What's what's toodles in German? <laughs> and <laughs> Tilden. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. But be warned that next time you hear this, make sure to look behind you because you'll never know who's there. <laughs> Ah <laughs> <laughs>